0: This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Kenny, a.k.a. Questo and we discussed lots of stuff there was the web summit, the Lewandowski auction uh, we went into DMPs and limiteds again, we talked about the so rare community, we answered lots of your questions, there was a lot of engagement there this week which was brilliant to see, so make sure you do it again next week for us, go over and give some questions and topics and, and let us know what you want to hear um, but yeah, big thanks to everyone who submitted questions I hope you enjoy the podcast So, this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Stephen, sorry, Kenny, not Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. What's the crack, Kenny?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm happy Happy to be here on my uh, first podcast.
0: Your podcast yeah. debut. Yeah. Podcast
1: debut. Uh, let me know if you need subtitles and I'll, uh, or, or if you need to slow
0: down. <laughs> I'd say the Americans will have fun with this one, but um, yeah, there there was a bit of banter um, in a group chat there about me going easy on you, me going hard on you, so there's a few things later in the podcast apparently I need to haul you over the grills about, but that's for later. (laughs) So for people listening, I've probably already ran through it in the intro what we're going to talk about, Um, so yeah, if you've skipped that, there's a lot to talk about, Um, and there's lots of great questions, which is lovely as always, so thanks for those, Um, but Kenny, before we do that. You have been the manager of Quest for Zero Seven FC since the twenty seventh of November last year. So you're you're coming up to your anniversary. Yeah, um, pretty much. Do you wanna run us through quickly some of your highlights, lowlights, milestones, whatever you want to share, just to give people an idea and a gauge of where you're at in your so rare journey?
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so like a lot of a lot of so rare managers pretty much came from a football index background. Uh, yeah. so managed to managed to salvage some funds from there. Unfortunately many didn't. Uh, and I brought them into, brought them into Sol rare uh, strategy at first. I think I watched a lot of Quinny's videos, the starter videos, uh, and pretty much just wanted to look at out-of-season players. So when I first joined, I yeah. brought Asia, November Asian MLS coming to an end, looked at Sol Rare data, and just picked a load of top 20 players with about £500.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty much realized quickly that that was just going to be boring, waiting for them seasons to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so end up, end up throwing in another thousand and uh, bought myself a little European team. Uh, threshold Unreal. team, kept me, kept myself ticking over. Um, and then, yeah, delved into under-23s. Uh, came in with the strategy of basically trying to get the initial investment out as soon as possible. Obviously based on mm. uh, previous previous exploits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, March came round, uh, the Gary V boom and all that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, I managed to get my initial investment out pretty pretty early doors. And that's pretty much been my strategy since, is as soon as I can take profit out, bank it. Um, and bank profit, bank profit, bank profit. And um, if you can keep yourself competitive in the meantime, then, yeah, do that as well.
0: That That's actually amazing. I'm going to jump right in there because something I find with a lot of people I speak to, and myself included, is... And I think it's something a lot of us struggle with it because we've obviously, a lot of people are experiencing FOMO. We all feel we're here. We all feel it's about to boom. We see La Liga, Bundesliga, 680 million. And people don't want to limit their exposure to so rare because they think it's going to the moon. So people aren't banking profit. And it's funny that I want to, the reason, another reason I want to bring this up is today I made my first withdrawal. Um, my first proper withdrawal in over a year on SoRare. rare <laughs>
1: audible waiting
0: for it to drop isn't it it's she's waiting for it to hit coinbase i was shitting them but um yeah it's just i kind of decided to myself that like look and 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 again it's maybe been a week or two since i've given the word warning to everyone listening like i can feel 100 percent about something 99.9 percent about something but i felt this way before and it hasn't went to plan so for me it's a case of i'm going to take out what i put in um and i'm going to pay off a little bit of a car loan and that means i can sleep easy not that i'm not sleeping easy but i can sleep properly easy even if it goes tits up so i'd recommend everyone just has a look at their position and it's not gambling but invest responsibly Yeah, But can yeah, I, yeah. sorry well, no, i was just going to say tell me a bit more about that because i mean it's it's great having the discipline to regularly cash out take a bit of cash and keep moving
1: yeah, yeah it, it's difficult because the hardest part of it is a lot of what I've actually taken out I haven't spent on anything else. So some of it yeah, is just yeah. sitting in the bank and then I'll see a super rare flash through the tick and I think, should I, should I?
0: Yeah, And it's, it's
1: like, it's the, the only thing I can probably describe is probably like sitting on your hands in the snippers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, and yeah,
1: You've just got to show, just showing a little bit of self-discipline, but yeah, I the some of the profits I've taken out into other cryptos and... Yeah, yeah, it's something you need to do. I mean, I think one of the questions towards the end will be about what did you join so rare for or what do you enjoy most about it? And obviously making money is part of it. Mm. So while it's, while it's sitting in so rare I haven't made anything. Because as you say, if it exactly. does go tits up tomorrow, it, 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 it's all gone. So uh, yeah, exactly. and, let's say just as time takes expire for, for getting a big player sale, I'll I'll take the money out. Um, potentially
0: invest the other half of it. That that's great. Yeah, like I mean, I love I love that discipline. And as you say, um, what did you just say? You just said something that I was about to f- bite onto and go off on one. Or oh, you've just escaped an absolute rant. I think you've literally just escaped an absolute rant. I was going to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately not. No, oh, it was something else. Anyway, it, it's 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 eluding me now. But um, I think it's great. Um, and it's great practice and it's great discipline. And I can't I can't hammer that home enough because it's so hard. Like I find now, like I had money burning a hole in my pocket. I was building up a balance over time, over the month of October. I won a few rewards, a lot of tier twos and that type of thing that were sort of shifting for 0.1, 0.15 0.1, 0.1, 0.1, 0.1, 0.1 type of thing. Yeah. Letting the balance increase, letting the balance increase. And I was thinking, do you know what? I really need to withdraw this, but I was looking and I was like, do you know, I could pick up a I don't know, Florian Vertis, who I kind of have my eye on. I can pick up a such and such. I can pick up a this guy. I, I really need a midfielder super rare. I could do that. Um, but I just said to myself today, like, nah, I need, I need to take some out here. But
1: oh, minute, um, I, I, I do look at it from the other side. I mean, what, what you've done yourself is, if, I, if I'd have left some of that in, you know, my gallery value would have been, I don't know, I don't want to throw a number on it, but way higher than it is now. Yeah. You know, my net withdrawal profit to about £8,000. Now, if I'd have put that into the right cards the right super rays then yeah I'd be, be looking at a bigger gallery than I am but yeah it is just about self control for me and splitting your splitting your investments making sure that you know the bank isn't always empty and you're not relying on so rare to go to the moon to to look at your next, uh, your next move
0: like Absolutely and it's lessons learned and I think all those lessons that have been learned through other platforms would be in vain if if we didn't take those lessons into so rare uh, the thing that I, it's just came back to me that i was going to say it was about you saying you know you've made no money until you withdraw that's where i was going off on a spiel do yeah. you know, i put out a video on my youtube i don't know a couple of months ago now maybe a month ago like how much money have i made on so rare and you know it's a little bit clickbaity a lot of people kind of love that sort of shit and they're expecting me to go i've made half a million on so rare i'm rich <laughs> but like literally the first thing i say in the video is i haven't made a penny because i haven't withdrawn yeah. I might have withdrawn like a couple of hundred quid about a year ago. I can't even remember now, but I'm not saying I've never withdrawn, but I can't remember a significant withdrawal. But like, and that's it. We all sit here and we all think we're great. But just you do just you wait, you never know what's around the corner what could happen when there could be a wee downturn and I'm not trying to be a Debbie diner, I'm just trying to be real. No, um, no. no I'm,
1: the, I'm the same as well. As soon as any, you know, you the uncertainty over progress bars and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know which direction to go in. I'm sort of one of those accounts that is touching d3 and i've got mm. a, a couple of punty super rares and i've won a tier one in d3 before now but nothing major and you know i don't know whether to sell a d4 team and move up to d3 or does the progress bar offer me more value by staying with raise or you know what's it gonna entail for limited? you really you really don't know so Mm. That's the uncertainty of it for me as well is always a point if you can take out profit while there's a bit of uncertainty then, then 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 go for it and if you can put it back in again when things are a little bit clearer then Then the, then will be it.
0: The one thing I think about the progress bar and the uncertainty is I think whatever they implement and however they do it They're gonna be very sure that they're not shafting any select part of the user base or any type of manager like I they don't think to. I don't think they're gonna announce something where people who hold X type of card for X reason are shafted. I don't think they're really going to shaft anyone. I think the only stress about what we do, yeah, it's trying to balance it and keep everything sweet. I think the one thing, and when we're all kind of about this uncertainty, I mean, it's not uncertainty about whether or not they're going to shaft us, at least for me, I'm sure for a lot of people there are genuine worries there. For me, there's not. I'm pretty sure whatever they do, they'll kind of keep everyone sweet. But where the uncertainty comes is in optimization, and playing the game the best possible way you can play it to maximise returns, there's uncertainty around that, how to maximise the game, the meta, how do we do this in the most optimal manner to grind out as much ETH, as much whatever as possible, and that's what's up in the air for a lot of optimizers and, and nerds and people who love delving into it out there. Um, I'm personally not too worried that they're going to shaft any one type of manager and I could eat those words they could end up killing tier 3 super rares they could end up yeah, killing tier yeah. 2 super rares yeah,
1: that's, that's the thing I don't but I don't think they can I think they have to mm. they, they sort of have to appreciate their own their own scarcity levels that they've set there needs to be a value and a higher value at every single tier of that so mm. I mean obviously you're always going to have your star rares being more expensive than your, your tier 3 super rares that's always going to be the case because they're more desirable players but yeah yeah you need to have value in super is uh, mm. and well, unique. So I'm never going to touch those, but yeah, there, there needs to be a reason for them to be so much more valuable and so much more, yeah, desirable to to new users.
0: And in particular, like even just the, the specifically like the tier threes and tier twos in each scarcity. I mean, they need to have a reason to exist. Um, otherwise, you, well, they do, do. They don't they? That's a whole other conversation. I can't be arsking into to be honest with you. <laughs> but I do think like whatever they do, I think. Like there was the single scarcity thing, which kind of kills a lot of cards. Um, I don't think they'll go hell bent on that. I think there will be these kind of like D three type structures where,
1: yeah, intermittent the, the difference hybrid, in between.
0: yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But look, that's been talked to death over the last few weeks, so I'm not going to go into that. Two things just to talk about very briefly, and then we'll get into some more meaty conversation and some questions. Um, web summit happened this week, uh, or is happening as we speak. And Nicholas, the big man, how Nicholas. Julia is over there. He had a big talk. I tell you what, big man must have been shitting himself. I seen Actually, it. I looked <laughs> it on YouTube. I mean, the there must There'd be, be uh, the seats everywhere. It
1: looked like the Oscars.
0: Jesus wept. It's like COVID doesn't exist there, and there's like honestly, I I don't know how many people are in that room, but it looks like ten thousand. It looks like five ten thousand. It looks it looks like a lot of people. Um, sitting on a stage. Now, in fairness, the conversation, I wouldn't really. Look, it's nice to go and look at, it, it's its whatever, but I wouldn't say there's much there or given away um, for people who listen to this show. It's more just introducing what So Rare is, I think, to the masses of nerds who are there who don't really know what So Rare is. It's not really like dropping any bombshells. He said, what did he say at one stage? He said he hoped to have the whole Portuguese onboarded soon, the whole Portuguese league onboarded soon. I heard that, but that's because he's in Portugal and they're chatting away and I mean he would say of course all he said he was he was hopeful that they could do it he wasn't saying that it's coming so that's not me saying to
1: to be fair I think the more the more big leagues that they get which obviously the league of Bundesliga I think that obviously opens the door for the smaller leagues then to just start going well we want a piece of that pie I mean that's what I'd be interested to know is how what is actually in it for the clubs I mean from my point of view obviously the exposure of I've never watched watched a game in Belgium before during and so yeah now every week I'm I'm, I'm trying to find the stream for the Genk game. So how much Junior Eto and Brian Henyon play. It even, it, it, Paddy it Parn. Even, yeah, I got a tend to go on a about three six five to be fair and, and, and find sort it there, but but yeah, it's 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 what's in it for the clubs.
0: So there's from my opinion, I'll throw it to what I have in my head that's in it for them or what I know is in it. There might be more. But one of them is what you've mentioned already. The global fan base is huge. I mean you think of what Bruges has got out of this so far in terms of exposure. Like I do go and like you do, and everyone goes and watches Bruges because of the stacks that are involved there and how dominant they are. Yeah. Um, particularly those dominant teams in those those lesser divisions, you know, and there's cult followings, people buying shirts from the stadium from the club shop. You know, they they actually gain fans. Look at Hoodwink. The man loves to see you. He loves them. And there's different people out there who are in love with different players and I love Danny Parejo, whatever else. So that sort of cult following and people really appreciate and following your club from globally is huge. And I mean, you can't really put a figure on that in terms of how much that's actually worth. But the big thing that these clubs 100% get is a percentage of every card sold. Yeah, so like, yeah. they get like, let's say you're I don't know, like let's say you're Bruges, let's just go for that. I mean, your are Bruges, whatever, I don't know how much they earn. It's just another revenue stream. Let's say, I don't know what the percentages are. It could be 10%, it could be 20%, it could be 30%. They're getting that percentage of every card sold. Imagine the unique Vanekin sales. I don't know what that goes for. Let's call it a hundred grand. And they're getting twenty grand in the pocket for that. I mean that's yeah. substantial for a club like that. Yes, that's um, what I wasn't sure
1: whether they got an upfront fee from Sol Ray and you know you signed the contract with them for X amount of time or whether it was just as as you say there, just every single card sale they get a percentage of.
0: Maybe both. I don't know. I'm sure all the different contracts in different leagues have different intricacies to them and, and caveats and whatever else, but the bottom line is that you can be damn sure that um the clubs themselves are getting a fee for the, the cards that are minted and sold. But um, Bottom line, there was Web Summit. Great, fair play, Nicholas. Way over spreading the good word. Um, over a hundred thousand tech attendees at uh, Web Summit this year, and um, it's great to have the exposure there. Now, the other thing I just wanted to bring up briefly from the kind of so rare Discord the announcements channel was the veterans parr and the the headliner there was the Robert Lewandowski. Unique for this season, and it it ended up going for a staggering fee of one hundred and twenty seven thousand euros. Um, Thirty, absolute, 40
1: th- absolute madness innit?
0: <laughs> which is a lot of cash and there was a daily blind, a daily blind that went for something like 75 grand, did you see that?
1: Yeah, I watched them run round for United like a headless chicken for three years before he went, <laughs> <laughs> before he went <laughs>
0: <Literally, Yikes. laughs> like, It's obscene, it was 64,000 euro that the daily blind went for and the thing there that amazes me is that look, whatever about Lewandowski, huge goal score, collectability, breaking Gerd Muller's records, whatever else. I mean, I can see the collectible aspect there and the utility short term is staggering. Massive. Massive. 67, Blind really. has the utility. He is one of the best scoring defenders on the platform, hands down, his average at the minute's 91, um, and that is with playing five games, that's not one of those dodgy averages. Yeah. He really does play st- crazy football and so rare. He's 31, he could have another two, three, four years. Um, in the in the tank, and he also represents the Netherlands. Um, and tends to do pretty well there as well. So I get that this is a pure utility buy because you can be sure once, <laughs> once the retires, that unique in my mind is going to be virtually worthless. It's gonna, well, so, worthless is a big statement. It's going to be worth very, very, very little.
1: Yeah, well, to be fair, as retirement goes, I'm pretty certain he's fitted with a pacemaker as well, <laughs> so he could be yeah. a, he could be retired, could be <laughs> yeah. sooner than a lot of players could be. So
0: when uh, you put it in, like
1: that, like that could be
0: tomorrow. It's <laughs> staggering. Tomorrow. It's it's staggering. Like whatever Lewandowski, you're going for twice the price? I get it. It's Lewandowski. Do you know? daily blend i'm not saying that it's overpriced i'm not saying that it's underpriced to be honest with you i have no idea when it comes to the unique market but i just thought like it's such a it shows how much utility on so5 is worth you know if someone's buying that hoping it wins them a super rare mbappe a super rare messi but one other thing just to take away from it is that nine months ago uh the last daily blend unique went for eight grand and this one went for 64. so it's multiplied by eight in value um Albeit it's just over doubled in terms of ETH. But um just thought it was worth noting. I mean that's that's yeah, a lot of growth.
1: Lewandowski unique's pretty pretty similar. I think the one last year went for about eight thousand. And this one's gone, what did you say about 123?
0: Hundred and twenty seven thousand euros, whatever that is in pounds.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um crawled there from I think I think the one I think is was Zural, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I think he put it on yeah. Twitter because I think he bought last season's one. So if you're looking he at the seasons one going for hundred and twenty seven thousand, you're rubbing your hands, aren't you?
0: Well, Absolutely. I, I mean, mean that's what
1: that's that's the that's the probably the level of the game that I'll never get to, but I can appreciate the the scarcity. That's where that's where it all comes in when you're paying that for one single digital card. It's a it's a mm.
0: house. <laughs> it's a house. That's a house. It's literally a house. And something something that I always think back to on this is um and maybe naively, maybe stupidly, but I remember Nicholas talking on a clubhouse call back in, it could have been June, it could have been March, in and around whenever everyone was on clubhouse and Gary Vee was sniffing about, so probably closer to March, April. But I remember someone asked him, what do you think a so rare card could be worth in a year, in two years' time? And he said on the call something like, by next year, uh, I'm confident we'll have cards worth millions on the platform. And whenever you see the Lewandowski going for 127 grand, right? What does that make the Ronaldo worth? What does that make the Messi worth? What's Haaland and Mbappe going to be worth when you take the utility into it? If we're saying that a Daily Blend, which is a pure utility card, is worth 65 grand or 70 grand, whatever the fuck it was, how much utility does Mbappe bring to the table? And let's not even talk about collectability. If we're talking pure utility compared to Daily Blend, you're talking 10x. You have to be talking 10x. And I'm not saying there's someone out there who's the money to pay it. Yeah. It's just
1: in seasons. Seasons alone, it's ten x because it's got 10, 10 more seasons. Of utility probably similar scores, and as you say, probably the most the most desirable player in world football. If it, well, I'm probably going Haaland, to be fair. If I had to get in that, get into that argument, but
0: yeah,
1: the, the utility obviously plays a massive part in what people are prepared to pay for cards, and I do think the collectability side will come further down the line. Mm. How far down the line that is, I'm not too sure. I think I, I caught one of your podcasts with Nepenthes and he was he, I think he touched on it. Obviously, from a, a FIFA standpoint, of they're not quite there yet with the collectability. And he, I think he talked mm. about the look of the cards. I mean, I, I like the look of the cards, but it, you know, you need to have a reason to collect. Whereas an Mbappe and a Haaland, a Messi, a Ronaldo, you don't need a reason to collect. You're collecting them mm. you, because they are, who, are they, who they are. You know, your Messi, Ronaldo is a legacy and Haaland and Mbappe are probably going to be the ones for the next 10 years doing what they've been doing
0: the next two i think that's the thing when i look at so rare and i look at like safest bets on the platform like in terms of where to put your money and i mean i have a little sort of what are they called the wee, um collections or galleries what are they called uh squads squad, a squad yeah. squad called collectibles like and there's only certain ones of my cards that i would consider in any way collectible a lot of them are kind of american not a lot of them but like two or three of them are like jonathan david who's obviously canadian <laughs> like brendan aronson aronson, aronson. Yeah, yeah. yeah because like i think that sort of north american audience are used to collecting they're used to the hobby they're used to sports cards and then after that i'm looking at rookies of like doku felix turkey and then ronaldo but i think in terms of the platform i think over time when nfts become more established <coughs> whenever so becomes more established the collectability is there and um, it will be there and i just think for me like ronaldo for me was genuinely bought i say this all the time as a as a collectible it was not bought as an so5 card um but, and I purposely bought the first print one of them um, yeah like I mean, the definitely, got, definitely
1: got short term utility but yeah collectible wise as you say once the, exactly. once the platform goes much much more mainstream they're the cards that your soccer card hobbyists are going to be looking at to try and to try and prize out of your hands
0: exactly but, uh, and I, I have I'm not looking at if ronaldo announced he's retiring tomorrow i don't bat an eyelid in terms of his price maybe i'm naive maybe i'm stupid maybe i'm thinking the market's more mature than it is but like genuinely it's just there's cards there and i think some of these uniques and some of these um obviously super rares and even just you know what even limiteds in certain players like the, the limited um haaland the one of a thousand the nine of a thousand and even those low print ones i think long term they're golden um yeah. Really, because, I mean, like, it, I mean,
1: I look at it now in hindsight. When I joined, it was only a year ago. When I looked at the platform, and I was like, "That's so expensive. That's so expensive." And yeah. most cards now are probably five times, ten times, maybe not all of them, but you know, the better cards certainly have. Mm. And I look back at it now and think, you know, probably ra- rares now are probably what super rares were when I joined. And I'm looking mm. at it now, wishing, you know, praying that I had, to, I had to spend that money on super rares, and I'd be probably be sitting in D3, D2 now comfortably.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, but look, I think in terms of all that sort of conversation around the collectability, bringing up the unique Lewandowski, whatever else, uh, we've kind of done that. So we'll move on. Um, the next thing was kind of a couple of topics that I asked you, or you wanted to talk about and anything that you felt would be interesting? And there's a couple of good points here. Um, but just to kind of bring us into it, let's talk about the community. Um, it's evolving over time. It's something you kind of mentioned off air at the start, you know, things are changing yeah, a little bit yeah, and just yeah, observations. <laughs>
1: Uh, obviously, I've been involved in other communities before. I've never been, you know, at the forefront of it or, you know, massively involved. i always kind of been a background guy, follow the right people, listen to the right things. But, yeah, this community, from when I first joined last November, um, I don't know, as you say evolved, I actually feel it's got a little bit more needy. Mm. But I don't know if that's because of how well so has done and the expectancy levels just are just through the roof. I mean... When I first joined, I think I joined the Discord, and I'd pop in there and I'd look and people would be talking football, you know, they'd be mentioning names of players I'd never heard of before, and you go in there now and it's, especially on a Tuesday, when the rewards are and <laughs> it's like, oh no, I've got this fucking shit here, three, I've got that, and it's like, come on man, they, they zoom out, they, like I'm looking from when I first joined to now, and you're looking at Company valuation of four billion pounds, six hundred and thirty million euros, Series B funding, all the normal stuff that constantly gets spoken about. But this company, in such a small space of time, has grown unbelievably. And Mm -hmm. you know, every single week and day, you hear the same moans, DMPs, reward pools, progression bars—not here yet. And a lot of the things that are getting moaned about, or spoken about, or raised—I mean, the the valid points, you know, they are valid points. A lot of them but so rare are aware of them. And they've spoken <laughs> about it. It's like They, they basically released the dynamic reward system and said, look, this isn't going to be right as soon as we release it. We're going to tweak it as, as we go along. You're going to have to be patient with us and we appreciate that it's not right. And we know that. They even came out last week and said, look, we still know this isn't right and we are still working on it but day, every, every single Tuesday but still there's
0: dickheads putting out podcasts about it like me <laughs>
1: <laughs> know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's, it shouldn't be raised because it, it, it is an issue that it, it, it's pretty much tied into the value of the cards I mean the reward you win uh, the reason that you'll be, you'll be paying you know whatever you pay mm. for your daily blind super rares and stuff so but it's, it's, it's the way it's done sometimes now it's like I don't know if social media just in general life it just gives people a platform to just go about things the wrong way and yeah, you just. I look at my Twitter timeline sometimes and pop into that general, general chat on Disco, and it's it's like you've walked into the Gaza Strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
0: general. I, I never go on general ever, 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 unless it's like people are talking about it or there's something funny that's come out of it. Because, like, I hear what you're saying, you know, we are complaining about the same things every week. There are the same people talking about the same stuff every week, and, like, so rare or whatever, they're working as fast as they can. And I mean, the way I look at it is. There's people out there who are doing the moaning, who are doing the the chasing them up, who are keeping them in check. And I'm just personally, I kind of, well, at times it can do your tits in on social media. Part of me is just happy that that pressure has been put in so rare so they don't become complacent. And people are watching their every move. I'm happy that there's people who care more than me is the way I kind of put it. Um... But at the same time, I do think people need to temper expectations in terms of the the speed at which things can be done. Says me, who's like two weeks ago sitting saying like, "Should we get pitchforks out?" Because the progress bar isn't here. Do you know? <laughs> I'm I'm as I'm in the same position as everyone. You know, I go through spells of like this is taking a piss, and then you get a bit of an explanation. You're okay. You'll calm down a while, and do you know? I don't know, I don't know what you're I mean, saying.
1: No, maybe it's I think I it's I mean, social I'm,
0: media. Yeah,
1: in general, I'm just quite a quite a laid back guy and. You know, these things are issues, I totally agree with most of them, you know, certainly the progress bar was promised by the end of summer and it isn't here, but shouting any louder about it doesn't change it for me. Uh, you know, you yeah. raise the issue raise the issue by all accounts, which mo- most people do, there's a feedback bar there, a uh, feedback channel in the Discord. It's just the negativity and the way it's done, it, it, more than what mm. people are actually raising. Like, the issues are right, and I, I agree with most of what people are saying, but it's the way it's done, the negativity, and I always look at new, like onboarding new users, it's kind of like the first thing they see when they walk in, it's like you open that door into a general chat. and it's like walking into a, a ship, oh, go on come out lads, we're getting out of here, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sticking around here, um, that's, that's, it's, like, it's something that can, can pull people off, but yeah, mm. I do get what you're saying, As I say, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with a lot of the points that people raise, they are right, but... It's the constant, it's the constant negativity,
0: it's the that, persistence, that and the...
1: It's, it's it's how long you'll spend on a negative subject and how little time you'll spend on celebrating all the good things that they've done in, in the short period of time.
0: That's it actually, do you know what, I mean, I'm trying to think like is it, maybe it's just the kind of vocal minority shouting the loudest but I mean like, the things that have been achieved in the last nine months, never mind the last six weeks and two months, it's just, it's obscene. And I think that is important for everyone that is pissed off. And I think a lot of people I think a lot of people are constructive and the people I like to speak to are the ones that are constructive. Um but there are people who maybe aren't constructive and I think those are the people that like The people who aren't constructive and just throw the toys at their palm and go buck da for the sake of making some noise. And that's that's,
1: that's kinda of where I'm going.
0: I have zero time for that type of account or person or member of the community i just generally mute those people because there's a lot of people who, who throw things out there but when questioned they're actually talking someone comes back to them once they have an actual discussion about it they just throw the toys out of the pram or bring up something else or yeah one of,
1: the big, one of the biggest ones at the minute i don't know i'm not 100 sure on the guy's name but i think he got thrown off the discord uh for ra- constantly raising the dmp issue and why there isn't rolling locks and subs and it was he just constantly going on about it and on about it and on about it. And it's like it's like I bought this card; it's worth X amount, and i be been me game week dead, pretty much as soon as it started. Like, well, Don't shit, these. one mid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not that you knew that these were the rules before you bought that card. If you spent two thousand pounds, the super and he doesn't play. So shit, that's that's yeah. what the game is. You knew what the game was before you bought it. So,
0: well. I suppose. Look, instead, like the, the community. I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. I think, like we've been involved in the community before, where I think things are always very rosy at the start. And then over time, you know, obviously it's very easy to lose sight of it and think that the vocal minority who genuinely are, and there might only be four or five, six accounts on Twitter, but if they're part of your little echo chamber that you operate in, it can feel like it dominates conversation. I've got into the process of, while not trying to cre- create and have my own little echo chamber of people I like hearing from because they tell me things that I want to hear, I just generally mute people that, Can't be spoken with, or people who just aren't constructive. If someone's willing to have a conversation, I'd follow it. But there's a lot of members in in different communities. If someone's overly positive and doesn't hear the negative reasoning and doesn't want to hear the actual constructive criticism, they're they're as bad as the person who's as bad as
1: the negatives. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what I'm saying, if for me it's a case of if someone doesn't seem to have the ability to have conversation, I want nothing to do with them. But to move on from the community and actually just kind of getting into the nitty gritty there. A big point that was kind of brought up there, and it's been talked about everyone, the SoRare Andrews, I haven't listened to their podcast, because I don't even think it's recorded for this week yet, but they're going to be talking about DMPs I believe, um, and they're two people whose opinions I respect, but DMPs have been talked about everywhere, um, and we're going to just jump into that for a few minutes, so in a nutshell, I think... I love DMPs I hate DMPs but I love DMPs and I'd hate to see them go I'd hate this yeah, roll and lock shit I would hate. I don't think I'd like subs point. on SO5 I think subs for SO11 whatever else I get it on so rare data I do like the option of it but I think for me the thrill of finding out whether a player's playing I, I was on the edge of my seat when Kulisevsky came off the bench for 25 points last week because it got <laughs> me a tier 3 rare or tier 3 super rare or something like I think the the MPs are absolutely critical for the game um and while they can frustrate it's a leveler and it means that even the most competitive lineups and those stacks can be shafted by one benching
1: yeah um, I, 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 I look at it from from the opposite side' is the amount of times that i mean I haven't won many rewards on on solo um, but the times I have there's probably been the MPs below me that would mm. probably have finished above me and potentially pushed me out to you know the card positions, so the MPs work work both ways. But you, you're never going to go through the 200, two hundred, three hundred lineups that finished below, below you to see how many of those had the MPs in that would have kicked you out to your reward position. You're only ever going to focus the time it, the time it affects you really. But yeah, I'm 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 certainly not for them. And in, in in my in my opinion, I, I personally just feel it it favours the the massive galleries much 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 more. Yeah. And from my my point of view, I I, I operate three teams a week. I've got a couple of spare players that I'll chuck in here and there, but I can't, you know, I, I couldn't leave a sub to one side to to compensate one of those beating a DMP. Maybe mm. me maybe running two teams instead.
0: And that's the thing. And that is the thing. Like and it the, the thing is as well though, the, the game isn't and the narrative that's often ran and, and gone with. And I get it, and I probably force this narrative at times myself, is like the wheels against the masses and i do think that if you do take out the dmps or add sub, let's say there's subs added in that is only good for people who can afford to just buy more cards um, and yeah, yeah. the biggest accounts of the platform will just buy more cards and they'll just have more subs um it would take out a couple of my teams if i had to put a sub in every lineup and the other thing is i think like a big discussion that comes up kind of dmps and stacking on the two things at the minute like if you take out stacking um they just stick in the best players anyway and it doesn't matter I think the stacks it it enables people to go and put in kind of creative defensive duos and and triple like sort of two defenders and the keeper and whatever else and teams that maybe are a little bit more left field that they really fancy because of a good fixture that week and maybe come out on top um, ahead of the guys with just the best players that's a different topic though that's stacking but in terms of DMPs like I love the sweat of it all it's the most frustrating thing in the world but it makes it even more beautiful when they all play and it also for me it's just a big leveller and there are Game weeks where my lineups are absolutely shafted because of a couple of DMPs, and yes, there's weeks brilliant. where I'm sitting there and I'm on a podium, and I'm and that's very rare and I'm waiting. And the guy who I see chasing me, his car doesn't end up playing, and you're buzzing. So, you're as you say, it works both ways. Um, there's people who could talk a lot more in depth and intelligently about this than me, but I think if I had to cast a vote, I'd say keep it as it is for yeah, SO5. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm the same, and don't get me wrong, like from a purely constructive point of view, I kind of get it.
0: it's you know,
1: I've just argued argued for uh, against it, but from a new user perspective, a lot of them will probably come from a fancy background, and they used to have mm. that that sub that automatically comes in for a player that doesn't play, and it it could be a turn off for new users, I suppose as an example. But it's it's not for me. It's it's part of the game. You know, it's part of the game, and keep keep it as it is for me anyway.
0: That would be a great podcast, actually. Do you know, I want anyone if you're there and you're at home and you're sitting cursing at me if you are absolutely against it or against the current format and want some sort of sub or rolling lock or something like that contact me because i want you to come and shout at me and argue with me and if you are all about um keeping it as it is and you have reasons for it and you've really well thought it out contact me as well because i'd love to have you by my side when that person's shouting at me um, but i think like a two people kind of debate on either side would be a really interesting podcast um people who care and people who know more than me um the other thing here that you mentioned just to bring up is limited prices. I brought it up last week with math. We talked about it briefly. But, you know, limited prices, what's your observation there? What are you thinking?
1: Well, limited prices for me, I didn't, ha- I haven't heavily got involved in limiteds purely on the basis of how many will be released. You don't know how quickly the user base will grow. And it wasn't so much limited price. It was just limited cards in general that I, I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to, to touch on. And, and the used uh, community when limiteds were first released. You know, you heard a lot of noise of the user base isn't there yet, so how can we release 1,000 cards of players? And it's like you need to <laughs> you need to have the items there for people to buy. You don't get new users if your shop's empty. Mm-hmm. So you know you are getting your new users in, and the probably went too high early doors in my opinion, limited mm-hmm. prices. And I think so rare probably helped by the current user base. I think a lot of the current user base got heavily involved. Um, I think a lot. Of rare players downgraded to mm. call it, you know, to so limited whales. I think is the the, the term that's uh, that that's, <laughs> that's that's plowed about. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think the the limited prices for how many cards there are went too high very early on, and I think a lot of people are calling this a crash. So I, I personally think it's a crash. I think it's a mini correction. The fact that I think there's already about ten percent of the supply out for limiteds and, You know, people are already talking, crash there's going to be another 900 of these cards coming out in the next, mm. you know, couple of months and it's also where where I thought long term for limiteds, you know, you're looking two, three seasons down the line. People are already saying that it's become very very difficult to to win cards in limited in gas in, you know, Global All-Star D5 already. I think there was 12,000 NCs in Global All-Star Division 5 this week. And that's Jeez. with 10%. That's with 10% of the supply out. So it's only gonna mm. get harder and harder and harder and that's this is season one of Limiteds. You know, you, when you go into season two, where's where does that go? And I wasn't hundred percent sure where Limiteds were gonna be, so I only bought a couple, you know, just like South American players of I think I got Julian Alvarez from River Plate and a couple of athletic home and players, more of us just a little bit of interest. But yeah, it, for me I just wanted to bring it up as a case of where do you see them going long term? As a case of I actually think Limited is probably going to be a more competitive division to win than probably division four is
0: yeah it's it's something that I've um, kind of steer clear of in terms of limited cards if anyone looks at my gallery I'll click into it here I have literally Parejo special editions which are more just for collectible I bought a Gerard Moreno to stick in with him and a speculative D5 team occasionally I bought Gavery who isn't really playing I haven't even I haven't even checked why that's how little I seem to care about these
1: Maybe The most random purchase I think you've ever made that Nicholas Gavery
0: yeah, I bought him because I look. I had Bo, I bought Bodart and then I looked like right, which Liege defender scoring really well to stick with him. That was literally the logic. But it's stupid because why did I buy an under twenty three keeper to play in Global All Star? that's what i'm saying that's how little i like care about the, the limiteds to be honest with you yeah. for me it's like having a bit of fun with the parejos and um camavinga as a card i absolutely love but other than that the cards i have there are ones as people can see i literally put in like a fiver on i just thought oh, i'm gonna buy a lot of these for a fiver for the crack that was a couple of months ago now but for me i mean it was, i said this last week so i'm not buying on about it too long but i said it so many times in videos and podcasts that like limiteds coming out the gate Everyone wanted them. Everyone who was already in a user was thinking of getting them. All the new users or people who hes- hesitated to get involved with the prices of rares were looking at them. Everyone wanted them. And you know, there was going to come a point that unless more and more people kept getting interested and more and more people constantly kept wanting them and the prices um, were increased, the prices had to be increased because it was only going to get more competitive over time. Unless, what am I even saying here? Basically, it was inevitable for me that the prices were probably going to come down at some stage, unless yeah, the, prices, the prices the prizes were increased because obviously the more there's more comp- more competitive over time with more people being able to field teams. So unless there were more prizes and the the sort of yields and the percentage chance of winning were still there. Or if there were loads of new sign-ups coming in and everyone wanted these limited cards, it was just inevitable that over time it would come down. Now, I actually don't <laughs> think it's a bad thing. I think having them more affordable for new users, the barrier to entry, we want that barrier to entry low.
1: Yeah, it needs Do you know? to be. I mean, it's, I look at limited prices when they first came out, and even now, I mean, they're probably more expensive than Rares were when I joined the year ago. Hmm. And there's, there's 10 times as many. And that that is, it shows the platform growth. And don't get me wrong, I don't I don't think this price stop was... Going to be something that's you know maintained. I do think as the user base grows and mass adoption kicks in, uh, I do think limited price will rise again. But it was more. What do they do the, with prizes though?
0: There's a, there's a finite number of cards they can
1: give out. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going with it. Is you can once this kicks into the dynamic reward system, every season, so rare in, in every division, can only ever give out fifty percent of that year's card supply. So every single season, there's going to be more teams entered because there's more users. There's gonna be better teams entered entered because you're gonna have ten times as many high stacks as you had the year before, you know, etcetera, etcetera. So it is only gonna get harder. I think there's a lot of smart people who got into limiteds pretty early, got them at a decent price, but also got the players that you'd want to have. So, you know, your, your Sebastian Harries, yeah, your do Saddages, yeah, your, your Hands Vanekins, Pedro Gonzalez. I'm just spitting out a load of challenger, a challenger players that I know of, but they got the good ones and yeah as you say built up the xp they're going to be you know 10% by the end of the season by the time this next season starts they'll be 7 8 9 10% again and they'll they'll be flying but from a prize point of view so rare can only ever give out that season's allocation of cards mm-hmm. and with more and more entries you know <laughs> that's going to be probably i think the, the hardest division to win in.
0: they need to either be given out more ethereum or some pretty amazing experiences you know because where else do you go i mean cards to win cards to win cards is just stupid you know winning cards is great and it allows you to win more cards but the the real goal is and what drives the value is the ability to win ethereum and to win footballing experiences or memorabilia and i think over time they're really going to have to ramp that up um i think it's something that they need to
1: need to look deeply into i mean i know obviously they're looking at the progress bar and it's it's taking them time to get it out but you know, I think a lot of people have said it on the podcast in in previous weeks. Is whatever they bring in is probably not going to come close to what the threshold currently gives you. Mm. You know that e- threshold I, is, is is something that's absolutely essential weekly weekly for for a manager like myself. You know, you're talking nearly 125 a week for hitting pretty average scores. and I... you know I'm not going to get that when the progress bar comes in, and I don't know why, what that's going to look like. But I, I also—I I don't know who the guy is on Twitter. Probably should have I noted it down. He, I think he put down the the weekly sales that rare made and how much they actually paid out in, in ETH. And I think it was, it was it, a tackle it, man. It, it may well yeah. have been, but it it seemed like a fair. Like I know it wasn't sustainable based on the user base growth. But I think hmm. that the prices the cards have gone to now and in the instruction are limited. It seemed like it, it, it's become sustainable. I might be wrong, but. I, think I don't make it, know. The, but I think at the point they were saying it wasn't sustainable. I I think generally think now with the, the prices and the amount of cards that are going out, going out, you know, auctions finishing every fifteen seconds, I I do generally think that the thresholds are potentially something they. I don't think they will keep. But what I mean is something of the equivalent value in the yeah. progress bar or whatever. You know the reward structure is going to look like when they eventually bring it in.
0: I think whatever they bring in they'll probably tie it to fate instead of just saying it's not, point not one or not, point not .02 because like, ETH just keeps going up at the minute yeah I think it's a much um, more comfortable way to go I know that's is, something that they said a
1: while back I'm glad they yeah. have
0: <laughs> yeah I know because I mean like I looked at it today It was a new video coming out of my YouTube channel if anyone's interested I'm going to hopefully be out in the next few days I'm waiting on these bloody rewards to drop it's 8 o'clock on Tuesday and we still haven't got our rewards and that's another thing we're recording this on a Tuesday because I'm away with work this week so do you know, maybe things will come out in the next couple of days that aren't spoke about. You'll just have to wait the next week. But I had a look back at the ETH I won over October. And in October alone, I won 1, not 0.17 worth of thresholds, um, which is like €660. Euro. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? That's obscene. When you yeah. think about that, when you actually just take a step back, that's not even what I play for each week.
1: No Well I I, 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 looked, I looked at mine Not so long ago uh, Pretty much since I started And the value of the card I mean I, I haven't won many cards I think I've won 17 card rewards In the time I've been on the platform But the e thresholds value Adds up to more Than the cards worth now That I won so the 17, That's crazy 17 cards that I've won During my time on the platform Is less than the ETH thresholds Every single week
0: Let me just, and this is a bit of a flex, I appreciate that and maybe people are bored but maybe people are interested, I should really just send you to my YouTube video to find out. I didn't do the the entirety of the math so I have my calculator out here while I'm filling by talking absolute shit that you're listening to right now. Um, But I'm going to tell you how much worth of cards I won in October. Um, Now, most of these have actually been sold, let me see now, 0.13 plus not 0.32 okay this that's actually pretty staggering jesus wept plus (laughs) fucking hell so me as a guy who i don't personally consider that's a question comes up later i don't consider like a massive i don't i wouldn't look at my gallery and think you know what i could make a living off this that's what i'll put i wouldn't put myself in that bracket right however looking at the Cards that I won over the month of October alone, a thirty-day period, I kept. Um, I went for conservative values on the ones that I kept. When I say conservative, kind of last sales minus maybe not point not one or something. Um, what I think I could actually get if I went and put them up today. The ones I've kept were Kiko Casilla. Uh, Oliver M- Mbizo who's worth like a threshold, he's uh, an American guy. I actually, put up like a ninety-two score last week, which is amazing. Um, I kept a Savio, a uh, Mateus Savio, super rare, and I've kept the Denzel Dumfries. Now, I put their values down quite conservatively, but over the month of October alone, I yielded, I made. Uh, based on the cards, I, I sold like a Brozovic. I sold a Mate- Mateus Nunez from Sporting. I sold a Julio Furch, a Hank Veerman, a Beltran. I sold a bunch of cards, and I won one point five thousand four hundred and fifty-two euro. Christ! <laughs> Isn't that? fucking mad
1: it is John when you're on a podcast with someone who's just told you he's only won 17 rewards fucking
0: hell <laughs> I'm sitting here throwing this shit out but what I'm saying is like it's, it's madness, fucking it? staggering do you know no, because so to many be fair, two- the level of, the
1: level of invest, investment you put in you know that that that's the type of that's the type of amount you're looking to get back
0: but is, that's yeah. that, but that's not a, like I would not have. But it didn't feel like I'd won that. I felt like I was winning tier three tier threes and tier twos and disappointing oh, yeah. game weeks. Up. They all add, up. They all add up.
1: When I'm shitting me pants to making withdrawals every week, you're you're you buying better cards to win to win five five thousand euros a month. So.
0: Well that's it But the, I don't even know Why I brought that up Now maybe it's just me Being an asshole And trying to flex With an excuse But there was a reason We were talking about I think the e thresholds And you know How they all add up Who knows where The progress bar will go Who knows what sort of Yield that will present Who knows like Will it be the equivalent Of the current Kind of e-thresholds I don't think it will be Or what oh, it will be I don't think um, I don't think it will be XP up for grabs There'll be cards You can build up for I just hope it's engaging for all levels of cards. I think, I hope it promotes people having more cards. Um, and yeah, I think what I'm kind of, I don't even know why I brought that up, to be honest with you. Maybe I am just being a bit of an asshole and flexing on my podcast, oh, but you're it's like... Good,
1: it's, it's, good to, it's good to know. It's good to, good to see where you're going.
0: It's, as, you
1: um, say, as you say, you, uh, be, before you checked that, you were just thinking you were winning shit to your threes, but... You they
0: see, fucking you add sh- up.
1: Why don't you add them up? That's Amazing the way. thing,
0: actually, and that's something that I say regularly enough now as well, it's about the perspective of it, like sometimes you win a card and you're like, oh, alright, and then you go and look and it's like, oh, I was hoping for a star or I was hoping I'd hit a tier one, but it's only worth like not 0.1, 0.1. not one's <laughs> 350 Scoobies in the back pocket, no, that's no, an all no. expenses paid trip to bloody Tenerife with the boys, do you know? Yeah, <laughs> have to
1: say, one time, <laughs> the, 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 one, the one time I've won a tier one was, it wasn't so long ago, I think it was about a month or so ago. And I got uh, Jordan Larson, and I was absolutely devastated. One because he was massively out of form, and two, I already had the fucker.
0: So <laughs> <laughs>
1: the only time, I've, the only time I've actually won a massive card, you know, it was that boy. Yeah, when you know, when it, when I when I came to sell it, it was like three, four hundred pounds. So it's, it's yeah, big amounts of money from you know being massively risk free. You know, massively, massively in profit already from this now. So anything I get from this now is. Is pocket money. It's it's you know, as you say, holiday
0: with the boys, maybe. Holiday with the boys, but uh, for for the record, when I said that and I said Tenerife, that is a joke. I know it's Tenerife. I don't want to get pelters about that in group chats after this, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I don't even know how I got there or why I derailed this there, but we got there. Um, the bottom line is, I suppose, enjoy the thresholds while they're here. Um, God knows yeah. when the progress bar will come. Let's hope limited is- cards retain their value or. or I don't know. It's one of those where I, because I'm not a current holder in any real capacity, I'm I'm not sitting here thinking like, oh, I wish, I hope they get their value back, or I hope they go up in value. For me, genuinely, where I'm at selfishly, I'm like, fucking let them crash and burn. Let let everyone come in. Let the barrier to entry go lower. Yeah, just, just let everyone get, come in. Get as <laughs> but, many users,
1: get as many users as possible, and eventually those prices come back up once they start
0: wanting the exactly wanting the other, wanting other cards. In saying Crash and Burn, I'm joking, I'm sorry to anyone out there who's heavily involved in limiteds, but I mean, for me, like, I just don't have enough to really care, I'm kind of like, a low barrier to entry sounds nice, that sounds like that'll get people to sign up and that that sort of sows the seeds for people transitioning and going up the rares over time and competing higher and higher, like, get get those people in the gates, let them fall in love with the game we all love and and then we'll go from there, but I understand people who've made a big pivot, they've went heavy into limiteds or limited wheels and maybe they're a little bit worried
1: yeah well i think that's where the progression bar needs to be needs to be right i think as you said earlier on with the division structure it does it does look like there's going to be hybrid divisions in between and i think that is that is the right way to go for progression you don't have to buy five rares to jump into d4 you can buy two yeah and you know slot yourself in that middle division for a little bit of time before cracking on
0: that'll add value to the limiteds and i think it's inevitable Um, oh yeah
1: definitely once they're available in more than one division well if that if that does come about we don't know but it
0: has to come about it has to come about i'd be amazed if it didn't come about i
1: think i think i think the gaps too the gap between limiteds and raises is too big already really and it's too big a step up that is the only way you bridge the gap
0: yeah anyway we'll move on to some questions now i I think it's safe to say we rambled remember before we recorded this your first podcast kenny i said to you the time will fly we're 50 minutes in isn't that mad
1: Yeah,
0: I've only just looked at that clock that (laughs) you told me about as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, questions. As always, I posted out uh, ideally 24 hours, maybe 48 hours before the podcast is recorded. So keep an eye out on Twitter. You can follow me at Johnnellis underscore and you'll find Kenny at Questo, KWesto09. I'd have him tagged all over my page this week. And basically you can ask any questions, put out any topics and the most liked ones get asked first. Now this one, there was a lot of engagement in terms of questions and there was even more engagement in terms of likes. The most liked question ever is about to be asked and it's a good one. It's from Mortz and he says serious question. Just to let us know he's not taking the piss. What percentage.
1: Because he did ask a take the piss question before that one
0: I think. Yeah he did actually. I can't see it now. I think he might have deleted it or it's elsewhere but I'll read this one out. Uh, What percentages of so rare give? You the what percentage of so rare gives you the enjoyment? You'll get what I mean when I read out the answers. So what percentage is this is fucking with my mind? Have you got it in front of you, Kenny?
1: I do know the question. I think yeah. Which, Has much read st- this, this way or
0: am I being broken? Anyway, what percentages of so rare gives you the enjoyment? A the actual So Five game. B the community and banter. C winning and taking money. D the wheeling and dealing and gameplay. Or e any others. So basically, like, what what brings you to SoRare? What do you love? The four kind of main things he has is So Five, community, uh, making money, and kind of dealing trading.
1: Yeah, I mean, or it, any others. In all fairness, it's kind of all of them. Um, obviously mm. coming from an FI background, there was a massive gap in my weekends. Um, once yeah. I didn't have you know players to follow every single week, and That's that's basically what SoRare is for me. Is you know you you, you buy your players, you watch them. You want them to perform well, um, but yeah, it's a kind of a combination of all five. But if I had to pick one, uh, based on probably how I introduced myself, is the, you know, the the, the back approach. Once you get a little bit of profit, take it. Uh, so it's mm. probably it, it probably is. See, I think most players would be lying if they said they didn't come into the game to, to try and make money. I think that's what a lot of people see. You know, you say clickbaity videos, like 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 the one you know the one you've released about your profit and loss stuff and. It is it's 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 a massive amount. It's in some cases, you know, it's life changing for some people, the amount of money that mm. they made here. So I think it is a it is a big part of it. But it is all of them. It is all of them if you if you if you had to put me on the spot. But if you had to put me on the spot I'd probably say C. And D would probably be a close second of the the wheel yeah. and dealing. I'm not the best of flippers, you know, short term flipping cards. I'm more of a buy long term and watch them mm. watch them come to prominence. I think the biggest one I did was I did a Martin Pyers when he was out of the team last year for Utrecht. I think I bought picked him up for about two hundred and thirty pound. I, I sold him for, for four figures. I don't know what the exact amount Mad. was, but it, as soon as basically as soon as he became number one this season, you know I ten pretty much ten times what, what I bought him for. So That's yeah, crazy. Did, Definitely C, but uh, followed by D. It, it, I'd, I'd probably say when when them when them deals that like, you've got a little bit of a, a hunch for come off. I think they're mm. they're really good.
0: Yeah, I had a cracking hunch one time. I traded my Virgil Van Dyke and not point two for a super rare Wesley. Do you know that was a great hunch. That was a great just hunch. it's the but, um... a seven and a half grand? Now, isn't it? No. <laughs> oh, the worst trade of my life. But look, it's funny. Whenever I become famous through so rare in like three years, we can make merchandise about that trade. It could come um, good. It could come
1: good.
0: Not over. I honestly think it could come good. Short term, oh. absolutely horrible. But this is what I'm taking to the grave. I'm hoping Wesley ends up going back there. Par- through Villa, Dost, whatever, I don't know, maybe Lang or, or de Ketteler, piss off, whatever happens, he becomes the focal point. And next season, I'm looking at the most dominant team in Belgium starting striker, super rare, and I sell it for two and a half eighth. That's the plan. Let's see how it pans out. But in terms of Mortz's question, I think for me, it's probably the SO5 game and winning and making money so winning money on the so5 game that's it it's it's playing so5 and the stakes that are that are there it's the chase on the star airs chasing tier ones the thrill of the chase match day caring about a guy getting subbed on caring about a guy getting subbed (laughs) off watching every pass your player makes you know, cursing at the TV when Koulibaly lumps the ball up the pitch and the, the <laughs> opposing defender gets ahead on it is as it? opposed to you taking it down. You know, that's what I love. It adds enjoyment to every game of football. And if I'm ever sitting in the house, I'm a todd, bored, not knowing what to do. There's probably a game at the weekend or even midweek at the minute where one of my players is playing that I can sit down and get my teeth into. So it's the entertainment value for me. And that comes through SO5 and winning and making money. A few answers below that. Dr. Mantis Toboggan says his is when you're about to win an auction and someone bids on the player. Loves it. Samuel Gallagher loves D&C, but it's very close. That's Willing and dealing and winning and making money. He also loves the researching and trading part of it. Um, And then Jonas says um, the others. He says feeling like a manager, but without C. uh, He'd never have set foot here, which is winning and making money. So there you go. Great question, Mortz. a lot of engagement. Fair play to you. Um... Let's see, what's next? The next one is from, I don't know if this will be serious or not, let's see. CG Solar. oh God, the the ultimate drama in the community these days. Hi, gents, sorry for not asking the all-important questions lately. As you know, golf is a priority. This week, who irritates the fuck out of you more? People who complain about Opt every day or people who complain about the prize pools? So... What annoys you more? I'll ask. Then, like, do you act, who do you empathise more with? I'll flip the question about: Does Opta annoy you more, or the prize pools annoy you more?
1: I think, I think Opta kind of annoys me more, and the mm. reason for it is it's something that I'm so rare, i not really in control of. The reliance yeah. on a, a data provider, which you know, previous platforms before, of of it's one of them things as well that like you, you never know whether it's being used as a. As a throwaway, oh waiting on opta. I mean, this is the reason that the rewards are on today. is apparently because one opta game hasn't been scored. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what's caused the delay. So, I do empathise with that one because it's it's something that's out of sole race control. Whereas the reward pool, they've kind of admitted isn't right. They know it's not right, and they're working on it. So, that's something that can be solved. The opta one, I think, is always probably going to be a problem because it's not something that they're really in control of. What I
0: don't get, though, is how they can't be. like, And it was always the same with FI. I never quite got how they can just go, well, opt to do this, so therefore that. Like, surely, the amount of money we're talking about here, there can be people or whatever brought in to kind of deal with the subjective calls and review things. Now, in fairness, that's actually something to bring up. Last week, midweek, Danny Parejo got error uh, leading, error to, leading
1: goal. to goal uh, and that.
0: I sent a foreman and a few other people sent tickets in sort of saying like that's bollocks the pass to him was poor and there was a bit of play after that the defender didn't track the runner and the goalkeeper who made it a million things happened after it to say it was directly his fault's a bit harsh and they overturned it I was over the moon I just wasn't expecting them to overturn that um, the subjective calls do my titties in um, and it's great when they go for you but it's terrible when they go against you you feel think, properly cheated it's sickening yeah, I, think like,
1: it's, I think it's well then that you're always going to have as well I mean I uh, a couple of weeks ago i <laughs> i was in the disco for about an hour i'm never in there that long alexander sobolev had an assist credited mm. and then it got taken away and i watched the replay about seven or eight times and i was like that's 100 percent an assist It hasn't touched anybody else he's flicked that on and someone's put it in at the back post and i was adamant it was an assist 100 <laughs> percent and then somebody watched it once come straight back to me went yeah that's not alexander sobolev mate Somebody else, <laughs> <laughs> but as and Moscow, as Moscow, were playing in this weird kit that had the numbers in a weird shape, so the number two looked like a number seven. So that was also was going off because the names are in Russian, you can't pick anything out.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, the, I, um... I, I
1: do. I feel for the Opta the one. It's it's the, the reward pool one. Uh, that's that's kind of the one I'm I'm sick of looking at purely because it it is an issue, and um, we know it's an issue, and um, we know so rare are working on it. So you know, just let them, let them work on it and stop beating your drum. It's it's going to get sorted when it's sorted. It's not going to go any quicker because you keep putting it on Discord or Twitter or wherever you put it.
0: I hear you. So I'm going to throw two questions at you at once here. Um, Aaron Jones wants to know what your opinion is on Peter Shilton. And I'm guessing that this might be linked with another question. If Kenny could abuse a former England legend and former chronic fortune losing life gambler again, would he do it? Are they related or not?
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they they go hand in hand, yeah. What uh, happened? Tell us the uh, story. Well, firstly, it's the lads in the WhatsApp group chucking me under the bus, like, but um, basically. Uh,
0: Are you going to come out of this bad or good?
1: Um, bad. Ah, oh, okay. Indifferent. Indifferent. Indifferent, okay. I, I, I had good intentions. What, what I was trying <laughs> to do was the right thing. Uh, basically, Peter Shilton put on a. I think he must have been watching one of the West Ham games. Uh, I think it must have been the conference league game because it was a midweek. Or whatever European competition West Ham are in, and he was a big Twitter statement. Uh, we we need to ban all gambling ads at grounds. We can't have gambling ads in the middle of the middle of the match. You know this is it's, it's a big massive problem uh, across the country, which which of course it is. Gambling is a a big issue. But a couple of weeks before, I'd seen a picture of Peter Shilton with a Betway hat on, a Betway ball, and a Betway T-shirt. And I was like, hang on a minute. This doesn't sit right with me, Peter. I know you've got 125 caps for England, but I can't let this go, mate. So, <laughs> in- instead of doing me due diligence and looking at when that pitch was taken, I just fired at state Adam and said, is this you? You know, it, you, you can't ask for av- a betting advertisements to be banned and, you know, with the other hand, you're taking money off them. And spot, <laughs> his response absolutely ruined me and I basically was like a rabbit in the headlights I felt like he was in my living room looking at me when I read his reply it oh was like god. basically just come back to me and said unfortunately that was taken years ago when I was heavily addicted to gambling I was like oh my god oh, I've got fuck. absolutely no idea how, how I can respond to that <laughs> so if you're listening Peter which I probably doubt you there probably doubt you are but if I you're hope not, you're not <laughs> if you are you're probably in trouble I'm really but. sorry mate to be fair he did actually reply to me well he said that Yeah. did you oh, reply, reply
0: after that and say sorry
1: yeah and it was, no, well no it was the crappiest reply in the world I had every opportunity to say that but as I say rabbit it in the headlights I think I just went fair play for replying <laughs> <laughs> oh god Thinking, oh, it, was, it was proper, cring- um, proper like. but weirdly uh, one, weirdly one of the lads in the WhatsApp group is going to some sportsman's dinner in Plymouth somewhere and Peter Shilton's the guest speaker so yeah, I have actually said to him if you get two minutes with him let me record a voice note and I'll uh, I'll send them a heartfelt apology. I'm pretty sure it's the lustiest career. What I, whatever, whatever I record soon will go down absolutely in, you know, the the pits of the worst things that have ever happened. But.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he's sitting there think, thinking about this every night and he can't wait for your apology. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure it's did, did, well
1: did I start off this podcast saying I'll, I'll Toxic social media is and I'm abusing an England legend at the end of it, but
0: <laughs> Literally. Now we've a question from Football Morbrin um, who says, Who is losing on So Rare? Shouldn't somebody be losing?
1: Well no. By the by the essence of what you're actually buying, um nobody kinda loses. Um, I suppose when you buy an NFT, or So Rare card, you're buying that card for a price you were happy to pay at the time um so for me you're on that card until you decide to sell mm. it uh, fair enough you know the price fluctuates but you still don't have to sell it until you want to sell it and you don't have to sell it until it reaches a price that you want to sell it at so for me nobody you you, you do lose your your, your prices your, you know your cards do vary in price and i lost fluctuate. on
0: wesley but you are
1: <laughs> you haven't lost until the trade's over
0: that's there that's, we go that's fair that's the, yeah good man
1: the old classic but um yeah, the, it, nobody in, in 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 essence loses, but yeah, your, your players obviously can lose value based on form right. and based on SO five performance. Really,
0: I think over time, it's we're going back to that old FI thing again. But I remember back in those days, I had a conversation with a guy Stephen Goldstein. I should actually really look to get him on this podcast because he was he was really good, knows his stuff. I should check him on Twitter, but um, he's a big trader, financy guy, and. I talked about this. It was kind of the same sort of proposition with FI at the time where everyone was winning because the market cap is constantly increasing. More and more people are putting money in. Let's look at it in so rare perspective. Everyone's depositing. everyone's putting money in and everyone's joining and everyone's coming. More money's coming. No one's losing. No one's losing. That happens to a point. The point, and we're going back to this whole market cap, whenever loads of people have joined and everyone's signed up and then cards are kind of trading hands, then some people will lose money and some people will build money in trades at the minute everyone is actually just winning. Um, will that be forever? Absolutely not. Where oh, the losers that's... are at the minute are those who don't avail of the opportunity in front of them. It's opportunity losses. It's opportunity cost. It's people who aren't making the money they can, or they should be able to at the minute. It's that's where the losses come. It's lost opportunity. It's not necessarily lost money at the minute.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, at it's least
0: kind that, of you, that's
1: my. Yeah, you can kind of look at it from where, where 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 I've come from. I say a bank profit, and you know I'm happy with the profit <laughs> that I've taken from. From the uh, the platform but you know from an opportunity point of view i probably could make more if i left it in mm. it's just a uh, you know i'm totally totally risk averse and if i can get it out i'll take it out but yeah at, at this point no one is losing but there will come a point where where, where someone does
0: um exactly i mean i'm not like i'm not saying that like, that's healthy no one's ever going to lose money on so rare people will 100 will, percent will lose money on so rare um people probably already have there's probably some people out there who lack patience, who made bad calls, who bought players before ACL injuries, who bought limiteds at the wrong time, who cashed out because they didn't have the stones to hold on. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Maybe cashing out was the right thing. There are probably people who've already lost money, but people aren't going to be as vocal about that. And I don't think there's that many of them based on the state of the market at the minute and how big a sort of growth period NFTs and SolRare in particular is going through. Yeah, well, um, I, think,
1: I think it's where SolRare needs to get the collectability side, right? I mean, I know a but, lot um, of people are not in it for the collectability at all but if they can get that right then people you don't lose it because you're collecting it you want it you want to keep mm-hmm. it you want to you want to hold it whatever you you know in a, I don't know a folder where you've got all the Liverpool players in or whatever it may be but yeah i think if they get the collectability side right you know people are buying the cards for a different reason than so5 then you don't lose it because it's, mm-hmm. it's there you don't lose the nft anyway i mean as you say you are only losing it if you're selling it for less than you bought it but,
0: so most of the like big leg like, questions have been asked we're going down into the nitty-gritty now um what do you consider to be a wheel and i'm gonna make this a quick one give us a figure in terms of sterling pounds. what i don't how many
1: i don't think i'd go figure i'd just go somebody who can literally just go here's a hundred grand and buy an 11 Dorsky. still have a house and still have a
0: balance that's a wheel
1: yeah that's a whale, and that's the, the, the and you'll probably look They'd probably by bidding on another player two seconds later.
0: What if they can go and buy Daily Blind for seventy-five grand? Are they a wheel? It was the same person, I actually think. But anyway, are they a wheel? I'd say so, yeah.
1: If you if you're taking the risk of paying seventy-five grand for Daily Blind, you don't need that money.
0: What that's, if the player was f- fifty actually. grand? What if it was fifty grand?
1: Again, depends who the player is. If it's an Mbappe, what, they're not aware
0: What what I'm trying to get to you is what's a wheel in its very essence because if you go from Lewandowski and then you go to blind how far will you go do you know like what is a wheel like, how much does someone have to be able to spend on one so rare card to be a wheel
1: it's, it's, it's relative but I, i'd probably say if you spend yeah if you're spending five figures on a card on a digital trading card then you know you're you're doing well for yourself because there's plenty yeah. of things in the real world that that could be could be spent on yeah
0: that's fair. Okay. Uh next question. Matrix question. If a goalkeeper saves two penalties and keeps a clean sheet, he isn't guaranteed a score of a hundred. Would it be an improvement if the decisive scores went up in increments of twenty for goalkeepers? That's sixty, eighty, and a hundred. Uh that question two questions ago was actually from Perez. I didn't shout him out, and this one's from So Rare Snap. Sorry if I didn't mention anyone's names, they're all great questions. Um so yeah, goalkeepers.
1: I don't think the score as fairly as other players are. Um mm. And I've only ever seen 100 for a goalkeeper, and it was only a couple of weeks ago. I think Hervey Kofi from Charleroi, the Belgian team, so, I think yeah. he kept the clean sheet and saved the penalty, but I think his all-round score was 35. So I actually think he scored 105, but obviously it maxes out at 100. Yeah. But he basically just got peppered with shots all game, but he still won 2 0 uh, But yeah, I don't think goalkeepers are fairly scored, basically unless the, I mean, a goalkeeper keeping a clean sheet and saving a penalty or saving two penalties in a game, you should be guaranteed 100, but that. that goalkeeper can literally <laughs> have done nothing more.
0: Yeah, I always feel as well, Like I, I, I think there's a lot of tweaks that can happen to the matrix, but obviously goalkeepers, I, I would love some sort of jackpot for shooting a, a 500, you know without XP, like the perfect 500, 500 yeah, scores.
1: A, there's a score like that in a limited, but fairly really close to it, I think. I think there was 300s and a 94 or something like that.
0: Like I think that would be great, but the reason they can't really do that is because goalkeepers just never get a hundred. And I think it has to be—it's—it's—it's it's, it's discriminatory towards those goalkeepers out there. Do you know? I think it is—it's—it's—it's it's not ideal. I think a way to to let them score a few more points would be great. Maybe up the how much they get for. Um, maybe it is that increment thing that was suggested yeah. here by Solar yeah, Snap. I,
1: I think they're discriminated maybe against anyway. I think goal kicks—they get penalised for them just for the, a big yeah. six-foot-seven defender heading the ball clear. You know what I mean? That's possession lost apparently. So
0: yeah like that sort of stuff maybe they should be less penalized for possession lost maybe they should get more points for saves maybe they should get more points for different things but yeah the goalkeepers i think will will probably be looked at in the the next matrix change whenever that so happens and that's something that a lot of people can bet on um well bet on's the wrong term but you know what i'm saying it's something that a lot of people can kind of have a few punts in and um Invest yeah, based I on think, potential think, matrix changes. It's yeah, a good I think, strategy.
1: I think any matrix change. I don't think they'll be too drastic. I do think there's a few that need changing. I think uh, I think fullbacks as well are overly penalised for miss crosses. Mm. Um, yeah. But then you know I do I have so rare done that because they're more likely to get an assist than a centre half is. Mm. So they're, they're, they you know they've got a, a better likelihood of a decisive maybe, but yeah, I do think there's a few tweaks. But I don't think they can do anything too major because again, you know, you the old. People have already paid X amount for the players based on this. They couldn't score a matrix. So.
0: Yeah. If they do anything, it'll be long, long communicated in advance. Kelwin has asked What's the tipping point for scoring divisions, rewards to be revamped, and cooldown added? Cooldown added. Uh, even in limiteds, eventually the XP advantage in stacks will make it very hard for new users to be competitive. This could happen at the end of the current Euro season, leading into the next season, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah.
1: I think that's kind of what we touched on earlier with the limiteds. It is, Um, and you know, Um, basically the level of how many are going to be coming out. It's as time progresses. It's always going to be more difficult to be competitive in those divisions because Mm. there's a thousand. Sebastian Hallers going to be released by the end of the next season, or up to a thousand Sebastian Hallers, or you know, your top players. If you haven't got those players, you need other players who are scoring the same amount as he is, or you know, you're not going to be competitive and. it's it may potentially not be what new managers want to hear, but you know, there's it, it it's it's the truth, really. You know,
0: hmm.
1: only the only the best should get rewards. You know, th- that's that's the way of the game, you don't you don't win nothing for coming second, and so rare you do, you win something for coming fifteen hundredth in some cases. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it, it is only going to get more difficult with the uh, with limiteds and, and rares. I mean, obviously, the supply of rares is going to go up season on season, and as we said earlier. So rare, only ever going to be able to give out fifty percent of the card suppliers' rewards each season, and there's going to be more teams using previous seasons' cards. So
0: mm.
1: it's uh, yeah, it's only going to get more and more difficult. I think I don't know when the exact tipping point would be, but we've already heard people say you know it's it's much more difficult now than it was when when they first joined. I think you know mm. I think people were winning with like two hundred and thirty, winning tier threes with like two hundred two hundred point scores and stuff like that. So.
0: Maybe yeah, the um, there'll be some more things around the kind of um, max average score forties and this is and that's to make people with shitter cards be able to compete. Yeah, um,
1: I, I think I think they've touched on it a few times, haven't they, with that extra utility for the lower scoring cards and tier threes and stuff. And I do think that is something that they need to keep working on because they need as many cards to have value as possible.
0: Mm. Okay, two quick ones. Um, and we'll we'll run over to the one hundred thirty seven game and wrap up. Uh, who is it here? Matte C Matte McC or Mc Matte C. Anyway, I'm looking at handles, I'm looking at names, I'm all confused. Favourite season card design and favourite special card design. For me it's the eighteen nineteen and the sunrise edition cards, that's his answer. So what's your favourite card design and special card design?
1: Uh, yeah, it is the it is the eighteen nineteens for me as well. Um well mm. I wouldn't just say eighteen nineteen, I'd just say the oldest cards of any of any player uh, i do I, yeah. I do collect the odd sports card and that's just automatically where my head goes to is the earliest print the earliest print the earliest print yeah regardless, there is regardless some, of what that looks like for me it's just it's the earliest print
0: there is something about them um i like i actually do really like the um and maybe it is a key like in just me being biased and whatever because i've got my wee hose but i love the the ticket card and the Game gameweek 200 card i just love the variation there i love the fact that they're unique <laughs> and i don't know i like it but in terms of like a broader kind of i do just love an, 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 as old a card as possible or as as scarce a card as possible Um yeah
1: i do like the champion cards to be fair from the uh, way it looks like they're smashing out or something
0: yeah like a see, I'm gonna, card edition let's see if we go into the market that new card actually. I want to see if anyone's got them up for grabs. Some of them are going for really, really grand prices. Um, before anyway. Now maybe now. I don't know what they're going at. Some of them might be a bit crazy. Yeah,
1: there's um, some. I think there's some ambassador cards as well. knocking about a, a, a while ago that, that that looked nice, but they were uh, whoever listed them had them up for way, way more than the the nearest card. Yeah.
0: Even those PSG. Um, the PSG. What are they? 50th anniversary they're pretty cool looking uh player of the year the player of the year cards are cool enough but they could probably be cooler um, but anyway yeah there's a bunch of nice cards out there and long term i just think they're gonna get more and more collectible so have fun um okay one last one quickly and we'll move on to the 137 games to wrap up marco sullivan in our opinion What's the best way to determine how successful a rare manager is? The amount of profit cashed out. That's going to be your answer. Your gallery <laughs> valuation on rare data. The SO5 reward winning percentage shown on rare data or something else. So how do you determine how good a manager is? I'd come straight out to bat. I don't even really know how to calculate it accurately. But I think it's all percentages in terms of yield. Like how much money are you making from what you've staked? Uh, for me that and i don't even know where that's tracked i don't really go looking at that i don't really judge people on how good they are in terms of just to talk about them the gallery valuation so rare data is grand enough for rares maybe once you get into super rares it's really all yeah, over it's the gap. Sketchy, isn't it? it's hard um of profit cashed out again that argument comes down to like Maybe it was the wrong decision to cash out based on where the market was going. Who knows? So it's hard to really justify or or say someone's great or terrible based on that. And then the SO5 reward winning percentage, I think that's a load of bollocks because I put in punty lineups every week that aren't even within a chance of winning. I put them in to almost train. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? So if I throw away teams, Um, so I think that's a bollocks kind of stat as well. It's nice to look at and whatever else I'm sure for some people, but I give zero weight to it whatsoever. Um, so that's my answer. I don't know what's your answer.
1: Uh, it, it does kind of depend on your strategy. I mean, I, I do believe 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 in the, believe. In the uh, believe. <clears throat> I do believe in the platform long term. Um, but yeah, um, my opinion, and in, in, you know, obviously platforms that have gone before, I, I I just want to take money out and have something to show for, you know, the the early success of the platform, really. But I could potentially look back two years down the line and think that money that i've taken out i could have 10 times you know if the user base grows to where i think it can grow to i may look back and live to regret that but Mm -hmm. when i've cashed out profit you know the decides actually my strategy is always try and remain competitive at the same time so don't take out to a point where your teams are shit where you've got Mm -hmm. absolutely zero chance of ever winning anything you know but i'm tend to be within a Either you know, get a card, or I'm within a decisive of breaking into the card position each week. So I'm I'm there or thereabouts in one of my teams Mm. most weeks. So I'm still fairly competitive. I haven't got the best win ratio, but I'm competitive enough to you know. But my teams give me a run for my money each week, and you know I can look back and go, if this falls apart tomorrow, I'm 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 happy. But I think in terms of where the platform is now, it it probably is your gallery value. In all Mm. honesty gallery value obviously minus your minus your deposits. And if you're winning, well, that's... how many rewards have you, have you won yourself? You know, what I mean, that's what's the value of those rewards? That could that the value of the rewards that you've already won could potentially outweigh the deposits you've made.
0: Yeah, um, because I think that's a, for me, my like what I would say as good as people who are yielding high amounts off whatever. Like, it's all their yield based on their deposits. So, like. If you've put in 50 grand and you're making... If you've made five grand that's just as good as someone who's put in 100 grand who's made 10 grand and it might work a bit differently based on you know if you put in a million maybe you should actually yield more because there's less competition in the higher divisions and if you're buying the best cards maybe you should actually be winning more so i don't even think that deep about it and to be honest with you i don't really judge anyone i'm not saying people shouldn't be judged i'm not i'm not trying to be all like high and mighty and say oh but like genuinely it's just it's something that doesn't really happen in the space too much i don't think obviously there's a few throwaway jokes and stuff about it i think but i mean like Who's the best manager? People I've heard people on podcasts making grand statements about being the best managers the best players based on this and based on that. Do you know what? This is so sappy, but like, if you're having fun and you're making a bit of money, we're all winning. We're all <laughs> <you> winning. <laughs> we're <laughs> football's all winners. a real winner. Wait, football's the real winner. Oh my God. Uh, anyway. Kenny, <laughs> give me two two players that you think will combine for 137 points in game week two one six. Last week Math came in clutch to, to win October um with a score of 129, which is solid. Um and that must be all that score dice practice he has over at Sora Mega. But in terms of what what the story is of the 137 game going forward, I'm having to think about it because the whole pretense of it was that I'd give away 137pm March and So Rare March to whoever won each month. I haven't seen any March from anywhere. <laughs> and it's November so right, I've I'm still got as
1: well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've still got people from July waiting on March I mean look I'm waiting I promised it to someone who left a review leave a bloody review if you haven't already so I'm gonna to have to review this I don't know what the prize is gonna be for November if anything maybe I just need to make a big chart and just have like all-time winners and stuff and it's pride because promising people things that may or may not ever come to fruition it's kind of wow. doing my titties in
1: just put your, put, your, put your Wesley super Rare up as the uh, Boy, that, ever. That's a seven and, and a half
0: ever, grand card. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's,
1: if anyone ever nails that 137,
0: they get a Wesley super Rare. <laughs> <clears throat> do you know what, oh, I'm not going to make promises here that I won't I keep, say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I say. <laughs> careful what you say. If anyone hits, I'll get, do you know what I'll do, I'm going to make this statement right now, if anyone ever hits 137 on the button, and I mean on the button, so like, well no, within Round up or round down, so 137.4 or 136.5, Bad. within that range, they will get the most collectible card on the platform, and that is my Henner Akaro Atebo card. Oh, it's yeah. the Atebo. It's he's the Atebo. He's a cult hero. <laughs> so, but it, it's it's the Atebo that ah, calls Atebo nice. get. So it's even more collectible. So if you can hit 137, you get that card. That's the new incentive. Let's see how you go. Who are you I'll picking?
1: Oh for my man Junior uh, Juniorito from
0: Genk. Oh, yeah Yeah.
1: Little decisive from him. Scored a hundred on the weekend, so hopefully <coughs> well no, hopefully he scores another hundred, but for the sake of the one three seven game, I'll take a seventy. Um and Lautaro Gianetti from Vela Sarsfield.
0: Yeah, G and Eddie. just
1: centre half from Villa Okay, he tends tends to get around 50-60 uh, but he, he got twenty eight last week. I think he must have had an edit towards a goal or something.
0: Well, best of luck with that. Ballsy peck could come up with a You could you could actually have a pretty high score there. You could end up with one hundred and sixty very quick. But it's a ballsy approach. I like it, Kenny. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, is there anything you'd like to pump or anywhere you'd like to be found before you leave?
1: Uh, no, just if anyone fancies following me on Twitter, it's obviously K 9 or on the Discord, if you fancy chatting about anything so rare related, or you wanna. Uh, by one of your players <laughs> K, <laughs> yeah. it's K, K west 0 0 7 on discord but yeah no just uh, thanks for having me John thanks for having me
0: no it's been an absolute pleasure so um, yeah thanks a million cheers so that's it for this week's episode big big thank you to Kenny for his time it was a great conversation I hope you enjoyed it if you did do me a big favour because I know you're amazing and you've already left a review on Apple I'll ask you to do something else this week post about the podcast on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook on your little WhatsApp group on Discord on Slack I don't know send it in a text message to your mum and say this guy's accent's really nice you're going to like it but go and send the episode to someone and help me find a new listener I'll chat to you next week